This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everyone. We will be speaking to Rochelle Potker, who is an alumna of Iowa's International Writing Program in 2015 and was also a Charles Wallace Writers Fellow at the University of Sterling in 2017. She's the author of Four Degrees of Separation and Paper Asylum, which was shortlisted for the Robin Tagore Literary Prize in 2020. The book Bombay Hangovers is a collection of 16 short stories around characters from the island city of Mumbai and was published in 2021. Thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us in a few words about yourself and how you came about interested in this project? First and foremost, Sharoni, thank you for having me. And it's a pleasure to talk to you over this book. Uh, So... um, you know, I've, I have lived in Bombay for a very long time, but uh, there was a time when uh, I lived in Kalyan and Bombay was an aspirational dream. It was the city that I wanted to belong to because I felt that I would have independence, freedom, financial uh, savings, everything that you, you think a dream is composite of. Uh, when I came to Bombay, it still was Bombay then, not Mumbai. And uh you know, I by then realized I wanted to be a writer because I, I didn't know that until I was 26 uh, and much into this living in the city that I wanted to write. But by then I had met so many characters uh, and so many people from different walks of life, uh, from different class, caste, religions. So many of them were, you know, like me, uh, living in paying guest accommodations. And as I moved further, these people uh, even became more and more uh, migrants to the city. In fact, by the time I read screenwriting, all of the people who I met had come from somewhere else. And Bombay became this teeming city of ants and bees uh, in which people had uh, people didn't have their homes in Bombay, but they came from all corners of uh, either the world or, or other cities or, you know, like even other towns and villages. Uh, Now, when I think of Bombay, the way I inhaled into this city was from all my five senses because, yes, they say it's the maximum city, but I feel that uh, 
sometimes to live very deeply, uh, we live in a place and even places live inside us. So we never get rid of those places that live inside us. And uh, when I inhaled uh, or, you know, ingested the city through its sight, sound, taste, smell, and everything very visceral, I think when I exhaled on the page, these became stories uh, spun around these characters, very interesting, very ordinary seeming, but very extraordinary characters. And they became uh, not, not put together stories. I didn't think of this project from the beginning, I happen to be exploring, uh, you know, my creative instincts and compulsions of wanting to explore stories and characters in a city or even in life. And I wrote them very randomly. And this book just happened to come together when I when I had written, you know, I had written enough of stories. I think I had written around 50 stories. Some of them were magic realism. Some of them were social realism. And one day, you know, like any writer, I was frightened that I might lose my data for if the laptop crashed. And it was time to bring it out in a book form. And that's when I was I sat and I strung together uh, themes and I found that I had written so much, so many stories on Bombay, so much on the city. And that's how this book came about, finally. A very organic project. The stories revolve around Bombay and the collection is deeply influenced by geography, a characteristic that allows rapid movement and a true Bombay ambience. So what was it to write about the city that you grew up in and what is the relationship that you share with Bombay? Uh, so uh, I share, uh, you know, when I had come to the city, uh, I, I thought I'd come to the place, the promised land of dreams and aspirations. But I found uh, that it was not so. Uh, when I was living in my small town, Kalyan, uh, you know, there was only so much of complexities. It was a simpler life. And when I came to Bombay, the complexities were multiplied. In fact, uh, before becoming a short story writer or writing as much short stories, I used to explore this idea of, uh, you know, migrating or moving between places through my poetry. And even in my poetry, I explore a lot about Bombay and uh, what it meant because I still didn't think I have reached the city. I still didn't, don't think I have reached Bombay or reached the promised place. I feel that place has shifted. It's not what I associated it to be. It's moved further. But what it gave me is a lot of surprises of what it is. And um, like any relationship you have with a city of love and hate, of likes and dislikes, I can never be sure of my complete relationship with the city, but I know that it always hypnotizes and intrigues me. It never lets me go. Sometimes I think of her person personalized as a, you know, as a full-bosomed woman with uh, piles, with anklets, and calling me, calling me into a hug. And she's everything. She's full of all senses, Bombay, as a woman, as a city. And I have navigated space as a woman in the city. So um, there are so many travels that I have done through the city, not only as a writer, but as a woman in the city. I mean, even to the point of street harassment. I think of everything when I think of Bombay. Could you also elaborate on the title, Bombay Hangovers? Uh, yeah, so now uh, when we when I came to the title, you know, I had a very long title called Hangovers from a Bombay Debacle, okay, and uh, and I kept that as a working title, and then finally uh, when I was sending it for publication, my publisher said this is too long a title, and I was like, yeah, I do understand, you know, and and I know we sometimes struggle with having titles that are you know that that converge that have everything that it has to. 
it strikes a chord it should it should probably summarize what the book is about it should also be what you think it to be so i was thinking and then i kind of just got those two words together i i i chucked off the debacle word and i just got bombay hangovers because i felt that uh, all these stories are uh, from the past if none of it is present day some you know like the story like uh, of the textile mills uh, i'm talking about a history that is that is of the past when the textile mills were functioning in bombay and then when they, the land was given to malls and from you know a place in history wherein you had just one mall called shopper stop in andheri and everyone went there and it was it was like this perfumed air conditioned uh, you know beautiful beautiful experience and now there are malls everywhere and so many of the malls are built on mill lands so um, so that so so to even to look at history and to to see how to how to collate that um, so so yeah so i think the hangovers was about remembering what bombay was for me and um, a hangover not in the sense because i i always felt intoxicated with the city with the people in the city uh, with where they were going where they came from what was their what were their journeys uh, so um, i think um, a lot of them and and if you notice uh, sharoni these characters uh, you know in the 16 stories uh, they are uh, each one is different it's like an old album you 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 have a k desuza who lives in mahim and she lives in the clockwork noise of the city so the noise is an, a very important person in her life and the factory sirens or the traffic blares they're part of her clockwork tiktok and even when she loses so many members of her family she never forgets the noise of the place because that is a person so uh, so many uh, so many aspects metaphysical aspects of the city get personified when you stay for so long in in that place uh, or or when you seep so long into that place so i think uh, hangovers in many ways very sensorial hangovers but uh, also also what the city taught me about because it taught me so so many things and i think i have been able to uh, capture some of them through the characters for example let me just say this uh, you know as a woman i have always been worried about street harassment okay and when i came to bombay uh, the street harassment was much multiplied because if you walked through the crowded stations or the crowded roads you could get bottom pinched you could get elbowed and you also learned how to brace yourself uh, and walk you 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 still wanted to own the city you still wanted to own your place in a crowded place but you knew how to safeguard you you knew how to safeguard your body uh, so Uh, when i think about uh, all this you know the way it percolates is like in in a character like narain you know in the first uh, story the arithmetic of breasts wherein i am giving an ode to the breast but uh, i'm also talking about the male gaze and i'm going all out with the male gaze of how they look at women's anatomy and how much can they look at it where is the turning point where is the turn because i always wanted to see the turn the end to this so i think this irritation with street harassment all these things they didn't come out exactly as that but they came out as other querings on anatomy so there's so much of bombay that has you know like there's so much of so many hangovers actually okay uh, the stories revolve around um common people and their lives what was it writing mainly on characters like you know uh purna or kelas um whose lives otherwise aren't written or discussed about 
So you know what I feel that uh, yes, when we look at uh, people in the beginning, when we uh, when we just know them as one-dimensional people, or we don't know them, they seem ordinary. But the moment I feel I, I feel a person is a book, the moment you op- speak to them, understand enough of of their journeys, their lives, they become very extraordinary in the way they have uh, you know silent courage. Most of their courage is always silent. I feel a lot of existence. you know lies on very silent courage day to day courage and i saw we saw so much of that in the pandemic so when i look at these um, seemingly ordinary lives once i hung out with them enough like not all of these characters are lived from my lived experience some of them are even observed but observed for a long period of time uh, so i felt that okay you know uh, startling in what how they handle their conflicts or how they handle uh, how they handle their lives and what troubles them and how they laugh through things when you don't when you think you you need to be serious about it they would just laugh at things people have this uncanny way of living life not always carrying it very heavy on their shoulders and there's a lot of inspiring stuff which you know people on all walks of life taught me as i came came across them mostly who had come to seek employment in bombay so i feel that um, uh, that uh, when i saw when i observed enough you know uh, i felt like exploring of course this was the creative person talking exploring their lives so a person like purna i wanted to see i wanted to see her life in the sense of what would happen what would honor mean to her like we always talk about honor killing in the way that you know the the male dominated society or the kap panchayats uh, you know they erase women when it's about honor but what would honor mean to a woman uh, of a lower middle class and if her brother was a rapist would honor mean anything to her what would she do uh, with honor so i, I would I, i also wanted to look at uh, you know things that i was searching for i was searching for answers and i found them through these characters like even kailas because kailas is he's that um, he's that symbol of an old world that is no longer there because his ambitions were to be was to be a supervisor in a textile mill and he was he was really concentrating on being that uh, educating himself for that but eventually uh, when the mills turn to malls what remains of uh, an ambition you don't become a supervisor in a the mill then all you have to be is take the jobs on the fringe so uh, you know i was um, watching uh, the security guards that changed from my building you know uh, the simple lives they led and they had other talents with them they were not just people or men who had to open and close gates there, there was a poet in them there was a musician in them there were people who were very good farmers who had to leave all their farmland there were a lot of people who had left all those things aside to just open and close gates day in and day out so uh, kailas is that person who's now just a sec- security guard but he was not a security guard when he started in the story he was he had ambitions of a textile mill supervisor he he had studied about cloth and fabric and yarn Uh, but then what do you do when things become obsolete and an entire industry can become obsolete so even i, I my gaze was on obsolescence that can happen anytime and then what happens to your dreams if if that whole uh, whole system is obsolete each of these um, you know characters um, evoke human emotions right and you beautifully capture it so how difficult is it to understand or write about human emotions and how did you write about it 
yeah thank you thank you so much for observing that i think uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the emotions actually first and foremost comes from self knowledge i feel and uh, what i do on a very daily basis is something which i laugh and joke about is that i have a self diagnostic kind of system in place wherein i reflect every day on what has made me happy or sad in the day and uh, i also try to reach the crux and the core of those emotions so i don't shy away if there's some darkness in me or if there's something which is a negative emotion i try to analyze and psychoanalyze that because i i believe that i think the first way of knowing another person is to know yourself very clearly and it's we ourselves keep moving you know we ourselves dodge ourselves so i think the first thing is to reflect deeply about uh, you know a lot of things in myself as a human and that's why when i write about sexuality uh, like say in the arithmetic of breasts or in the center of a conscience uh, they come across unabashed because um, i have reached the crux and core of understanding certain things in me i've understood desire in me i've understood the female gaze in me i've understood um, agency in me and that's why i can understand it or or projected or extrapolated in another character so i feel um, empathy empathy definitely uh, comes in but uh, not before self knowledge on a daily basis whatever little self knowledge you can garner and i think uh, empathy then is the bridge uh, to understand another person's life and i think from there i do uh, i do also have a bit of a psych- psychoanalytical mind that i always look at people as to why did they do this but why not that and i can accommodate their dichotomies their irrationalities i don't have very ideal expectations of people around me so my characters are also not ideal uh, they're very gray and if you if you read some of the stories they don't reach their closures or their conclusions because i've captured the gray i have not judged them and i have let them be and sometimes even i don't know where they are going to stop so they may not close they may not find their endings and i leave them there and i think okay uh, the reader will come in and maybe the reader will close the story for us and it will be a kind of a you know like a joint experience and uh, so i leave a lot of lot of gray you know i, I can't say that i know I, i'm very clear about the characters but yes i think this emotional resonance happens with starting with the self thank you so much for talking to us today um and for your time thank you thank you so much sharoni this was wonderful and this book is available on uh, amazon and uh, yeah it's a it's a pandemic baby 2021 release but i i hope that uh, it that won't the pandemic uh, birth will not be a problem because now we are outside pandemic thank you so much rochelle Thank you very much.